respective listeners and viewers, we are back, I guess, like part two of picking up our kind of where did health disparities start? And how did we get here uh, as a part of our Shattering the Veil series around uh, white, supremacies, uh, white supremacy in healthcare. So we're really just gonna, you know, kind of pick up. I guess I should say, should say, I can't talk much right now. I don't know why. I'm Martina, and this is Seth. Yes. All right, you guys. Um, so we're really just gonna jump back into the timeline, but we wanted to kind of back up a little bit and go back to the mid 1800s with uh, a very um, horrible man who was considered the father of modern gynecology, James Marion Sims. Okay, I spoke a little bit about him in the previous video or last week's video, if you got a chance to see that one, because uh, we were going through kind of timeline of just white supremacy or disparities across African-Americans in the United States. And of course, uh, Sims is a big part of those disparities. And, you know, simply put, he would do gynecological experiments on black women, black slaves, um, without any sort of anesthesia. And he ended up being able to uh, perfect a lot of methods that are still used today. And because he is considered father of modern gynecology, a lot of methods that are still used today, he inflicts a lot of that pain on um, black women who did not have their consent. And so we're gonna spend some time talking about that and how he's a horrible person. So I said, you can jump in. Mm -hmm. I like how you just like jump in. Yes. No, I think um, one of the things I'll kind of preface before I kind of dig into this, uh, this man, I don't even want to like talk about him he's as not. the father of anything. He's not. Uh, I think one of the things that in the future, I think what we might be able to get into is, um, you know, the, the beginning of health disparities from other perspectives. And we mentioned, you know, looking at the, especially like Native American mm -hmm. um, and, and others. So definitely something to uh, keep an eye out in the future. I think we'll, we'll continue exploring some other perspectives um, as we look at, you know, the different health disparities and where they all kind of began, but also where they merge. You know, I yeah. think uh, a lot of times uh, we got to learn each other's histories to know that you know a lot of the, the the same thinking the same practices the same ugliness has happened in a lot of our um uh you know asians and latinos and mm -hmm. um and native, native americans i don't native americans is one that martina and i are want to explore more and and, and have that so definitely Absolutely. uh something to just keep in mind uh, as we kind of continue digging into the, the history uh, and sort of where it kind of started um, with African-Americans and sort of those health disparities that we still see today mm -hmm. uh, and how they have impacted me, like, you know, my healthcare as well as a, as a Latina and how those kind of same thinkings. But one of the things that I actually was just reading as we were kind of uh, researching, you know, about Sims um you know he was just like a racist through and through right like that's he, he oh, thought obviously. yes you know, he thought blacks were less intelligent than, than white people um he even ex you know did experiments uh, uh and surgical treatments on you know black children 
Oh, that one I feel like I did not know. Oh, I, I was just, I literally am uh, looking at right now in front of me. I didn't know that one. Oh. <laughs> like an, an enslaved black, black children. Um, yeah, and it's just like, I mean, I would read one of the lines here, and this is from history.com, uh, so you know where I'm getting my, my information <laughs> from. He said, you know, he would operate on African-American children using a shoemaker's tool to pry their bones apart and loosen their skulls. Um, and these children uh, alive? I don't know. It doesn't say here. Oh. Uh, you're trying to uh, test surgical treatments on enslaved black children effort to treat um, neonatal tetanus with little to no success. And this is where he thought that African-Americans were less intelligent than white people and thought it was because their skulls grew too quickly around their brain. Uh, just terrible. So even just knowing that there was no limit to this man's just disgustingness of, of things and just thinking of it, um, doing that, you know, what he did to Black women and just Black people, mm -hmm. Black enslaved people, um, individuals, is just it's terrible and to even fathom to even applaud him or give him the title of father father of modern gynecologist i don't know who the fuck did that honestly i, I want to know who decided he was the father of modern gynecology i really do because i'm like i i told martina right before we started crazy, like, i can't even refer to him as father of anything i know you used to like i don't even want to say father i don't i don't blame you because he's not a father of nothing he's a father of assholes he, he can do that that's what he can be. You know, and, and then I to think of what he did to to women to black women, um, you know, with with no anesthesia, the pain that you know those women had to go through and in, and endure in the name of you know medical progress, you know, and and, and to know that this man thought of them. As less intelligent, I know. You know, at the time, people, you know, there, people thought that you know, blacks felt less, felt either less or no pain, mm -hmm. which is ridiculous because we all we all feel pain. Feel pain. We all have the same organs, the same, mm -hmm. you know, like everything is the same. There's nothing different, really, yeah. uh, from that perspective medically, and and it's like. Man, you know, and and just to to know that that happened, and and people really gave him the name of like, oh, he is the father of this, and he did this with. Obviously, probably, you know, nobody really referenced how. You know, at the time, they're like, well, you know, figured this out, and you know, did this and that, and you know, and history has a way of just whitewashing it all, and just being like, oh, you know, everything was done whatever but as we you know even when you look at when you think about the episode we did last week uh martina with henrietta lax of like i oh, put it in a section i put that phoebe out okay <laughs> go for it we will come on, we, live people uh phoebe is martina's cat yes for those that don't know those who don't know, I'm back. It's always lively here with perspective. <laughs> okay, continue right. your very important conversation. Yeah, no, it was just referencing, you know, you know, our, our last week episode with <laughs> Alex and how, you know, Johns Hopkins was 
kind of justifying how like in the 1950s you didn't really need consent you know it was it was legally it was legal mm -hmm. and acceptable to just take her her cells and use them or whatever and it's like that's the same reason that a lot of people have used you know in you know historically right like and did they apologize i'm sorry did like john hopkins apologize in any of that material you were reading did they say that they were sorry i have to go back okay I'll have to go back. I think they did, but I'll have to go back and and do that. And I'll, we'll make sure. I know. I think we, we'll make sure to make sure all of that is linked as yeah. well um, here, so you can you all can go read it too, or, or listeners you can read it um, and look into it too. But when you think about, it's not just Johns, you know, Johns Hopkins. It's historically people don't ask permission, particularly you know when it's anyone that isn't white, right? Like if you're not considered white you're probably seen as less than and we're mm -hmm. just because whiteness is obviously superior and always thinks of them as like oh well we can just take whatever we want because that's the colonizer mentality we can take yeah. take take without having to really provide any reasoning because it's our destiny it's our right whatever you want to call it um and this is what this man sims did you know he's just like well i want to figure something out so I'm just going to use these black women and and do it and it's frustrating just as a woman to know that another woman suffered um in the most horrible of ways yeah. and, and, and just in one of in the one of the most like intimate places right like that's such an intimate place for for a woman yes. and to be just poked and prodded and and made to suffer just to figure things out um, because they thought that, you know, you didn't really feel any pain. So why would it matter? It's, it makes me hurt. Like, I'm like, it makes physically, it hurt. Makes, like, physically like, makes it hurt. Yeah. It's just like, man, I can't even, I can imagine a little bit because if you are a woman listening, you know what it means to go into uh, your annual pap smear <laughs> um, or every other year, however, how, depending on how often, you are. Yes. Um, but we know that it is not fun. If you've given birth, if yes. you had any sort of, you know, if you had, uh, even if you have a mammogram, that's not fun. Even if you don't get a mammogram, I mean, you have, you have your breast examined, they, they push down, you know, versus, you know, cervical cancer, which is what Henrietta Lacks had. That was not enjoyable. These are not painful things. I mean, these are these are very painful things that are happening to you. And the fact, you know, it almost makes me think that Sims, even if he did believe that Black people or Black women did experience pain the same, he still would have proceeded. He, I think he still would have carried it out. It didn't matter. Because he, he didn't see you as human. In that area, probably at that era, didn't care about- He didn't care. Obviously, that sentiment still existed today. Amen. Unfortunately. Um, yep. Unfortunately. So I, I, I agree with you. I think even if he did believe that they felt pain, and I think if, even if Black women weren't there at that time, mm -hmm. just women, just if it was a woman, he would have proceeded. Yeah. It just would have been because obviously women have been considered less than for a very long time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, yeah, and like we're saying, I think, you know, these are things that we're still discussing. I mean, this was the mid 1800s, Jesus yeah. Christ. This was, so we're hundreds of years, you know, later. 
I think if my math is mathing. Uh, but we are quite so some time into the future. We, yeah, we are, we are in 2022. And so the fact that, again, to me, it's not shocking, but it still kind of takes my breath away that we're still having these discussions. And we still know, I mean, I know you and I talked about even just, you know, if you are a plus size woman, going to the doctor is not enjoyable because doctors always blame almost every damn ailment on, have you, have you lost weight? Have you tried to lose weight? I have a toothache. Yeah, I have a toothache. I have I have an eye infection. Oh, is that because you ate too much? So it's like even things that are that that are not necessarily a part of like, you know, gynecology, it's still a disparity that, you know, women who are larger often experience and that can be across the board. You can be white, you can be whatever, you know, in terms of that, it's still something I think that women who are larger go through an experience. But yeah, I think you look back at now the fact that, um, I mean, just looking at childbirth in general to me just seems like one of the most painful things that a woman can ever endure. And the fact that we have health professionals in this day and age who still don't take women seriously when it comes to how they're feeling. It's, you know, even mental health. For the longest time, they called it hysteria because they thought women were just losing their mind. They want attention. No, these women were actually going through something, you know? And it's just, to me, it's just in many ways, it's still, they may not call it out so bluntly nowadays, but there's a lot of ways that medical professionals and healthcare professionals do still call it out. And don't think people are not aware of it. I mean, I think from both of us who have worked in um, maternal child health, different areas and no different people in that field, it's still very present. It's very evident. It hasn't gone away completely. No, it hasn't. And, and I'm reading a little bit of sort of the, the names of, they have three names that from his records, um, Lucy, Betsy, and oh, I don't know if it's Anarka or Anarcha because it's A-N- a-R-C-H-A. Um, and, you know, those are their names. Like, those are... I have heard, I think, Lucy and Betsy. I, I have not heard of the third the third woman, but I have, I, I, I had heard of the first two. Narnia is actually the one that she was a 17-year-old enslaved woman who he perfected his method for that fistula surgeries. Um, after four years of exper experimentation. And I just wonder how many women lost their lives because of this. Like, I'm not sure if these three women were a part of the ones who lost their lives from some of these horrible experiments, but just, you know, think about the children you just said too. Like, I just wonder how many people lost their lives because you were trying to perfect gynecology. And it, to me, you know what, I'm this, this probably gonna sound a little gender biased, but I always wonder, why are men are in the field of gynecology? I'm sorry, I had to say it. I mean, yeah, I personally, I have a female gynecologist and to me, the fact that men are in that field, but then again, medicine is a male dominated field and it also means they dominate or want to dominate women's bodies. And, you know, everyone has their preferences, but I have never really felt comfortable having a male gynecologist, but I know people who do, to, you know, it's, it's, everybody has their preference to each their own, but I've always 
wondered about that. Like, what makes a man want to go into gynecology? Of all the other specialties in medicine, especially nowadays, maybe back then when they didn't have women in the field who yeah. were in gynecology, okay, but they didn't have any other option. But nowadays, there are tens of different specialties that you can do. I just, it's fascinating to me. And if you are a male gynecologist and you're listening or watching this, I would love to know. I really would. Like, what propelled you to go into this field? Like, I mean, to go into this specialty of medicine as opposed to going into something else. That's just... Maybe that's an episode for us to explore. Let us know if you're interested in kind of us maybe having a conversation with some male gynecologists of what drove them to yeah the field um because yeah like to you to your point i i definitely feel much more comfortable having a female mm-hmm. uh gynecologist um than i would uh, a male um and yeah I, I just it's just the way it is i mean i don't it's my comfort level it's your comfort and like you said there's such an intimate Yes. Thing. You know, like, I mean, I think being in medicine in general is a very intimate experience anyway, whether you are a gynecologist or you're a family doctor. It's mm-hmm. people are allowing you into their lives and they're exposing themselves both physically and mentally so you can help them be better. And yeah, I just think like, especially for gynecology, it's something so personal. Um, you know, because most of the time you are, you know, naked, you have, you know, just this little the little robe or sheet thing that they may give you. Like if you're getting a breast exam or you're getting a pap smear, you know, you gotta take all your clothes off. And for a lot of people, that's not that's not necessarily comfortable. Um, and so, yeah, I'm just really intrigued. And like you said, maybe that's a, 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 an episode or a series, but I'm really interested, even if you're not a, a male gynecologist yourself, but if you have friends or someone you know, um, I would love that insight, really, just to know how did you end up in this field of all the fields? How did you end up in gynecology? Yeah, put a like or a comment or something yeah. of just if this is something of, that would be interested you as a listener to kind of uh, for us to dig into and, and, and sort of have those conversations because yeah, it'd be I, I I want to I want to have that conversation and, and yeah. kind of about it because um, a lot of I think one of the things that I was telling Martina offline before we started recording is even the the sort of the the ramifications of what sims did you know in the mid 1800s and and what it means to our really our modern day you know going to the gynecologist getting these tests and these you know things done like the pap smear for me it's painful Mm -hmm. like it hurts um and to have heard uh, a lot of people think you know to have heard that some that it's out there that you know that our you know the cervix doesn't have nerve endings or that we don't feel pain or that it's not painful um and that there are you know real doctors out here who believe that and who that um it's definitely some a remnant of what was done Mm -hmm. right because you know uh, we had black women who were experimented on who did not were not used any you know anesthesia or anything and because they survived and I think it's more for Black women. Um, I think that's even much more probably prominent. It probably happens more with, with Black women and probably with Latinas and, and others that are not 
white in the United States when they're considered white. Um, you know, their voices are probably uh, listened less to. Their their pain is probably just ignored and dismissed. Um, like I'm someone who, who who had to have a cervical biopsy. And I don't care how much y'all told me, the doctors, every doctor told me, it's just going to be like a pinch. It's going to be a pinch. You just take some ibuprofen beforehand. You you know, you just feel it and then you'll be good. And ma'am, no, it was not a pinch. It hurt. The pain was there even with me taking ibuprofen beforehand. It hurt. And y'all just wanted to send me back to work or wherever, like nothing happened. Like I just didn't get a piece of me ripped out. Like, no, like, and, and, and it makes me think to how it started, right? Like this, this was started by this racist mm-hmm. man who believed that these women felt no pain, who did not care. I mean, and there's records of him like saying like, oh, they were screaming in agony. They were like all these things. And it's like, yet you continued with your experiments because you thought they had no pain. And it's, there's still remnants of that. in even our, our modern day, gynecology and in our you know and there's stories of women who have said like you know my doctor dismissed my pain you know I fainted during the procedure or like all these things and I blacked out or you know even when you think about um I've heard women share about like when they got their IUDs inserted and that was painful yes I've heard that's a painful one yes and I'm like then yes, the health disparity, even for even if we just look at women, it started back there. Like it started with Sims and that's continued on to this day. And, and you see it, you see it play out with black women. We know maternal health yep. um, and sort of the, the rates of, of that and deaths, uh, which, you know, with childbirth with black women is high. It's the higher uh in in that sense and it's like man like we can't uh, how do we get past this how do we make this better and I'll say it once again like you have to get rid of these racist policies you have to look at what how you're educating these medical professionals what are you teaching what the hell are you teaching these people and the fact that this is still happening and and not to cut you off go ahead when you were saying but it's I, I just, like it is like it is you know I, there also in the timeline there's one that um talks about i think this is medical students and residents in 2016 yeah. i think at the university of virginia um they thought that blacks could endure pain more than mm-hmm. whites and this is 2016 yeah we have these students going out into the world and believe in that. And you know, well, when medical we, students, medical students, okay? Right. Okay, going out into the world with this knowledge, like, you know, what the hell? And I think um, it just really kind of made me, again, it's uh, not shocking. I mean, yes, I think it is, it's, it's shocking, but not a surprise. And a few years ago, I can't remember the exact report that came out that basically said what you said. Uh, black women were dying at a higher rate than than their white counterparts in childbirth or just with uh, maternal health issues in general. And people were so surprised. I think white folks were surprised, maybe white professionals and different institutions that are white led 
was so surprised by this. And I mean, from that, you've gotten a lot of MCH task force, you know how I feel about task force that have come out and all these sort of things that have happened because of that in like New York City, here in Chicago, I'm sure LA, a lot of the major cities where we saw some of these really dire numbers. And the thing is to me, it's like, why are you surprised? What, what, why are you surprised when we're still operating in these systemic systems? I don't understand. Do you think these are systems that are created for black and brown women to thrive and actually give birth healthily, healthy, healthy, healthy children have a healthy birth. Why do you think those numbers are so high? And you know, it's just so, it's always so fascinating to me that it takes those sort of situations for people to wake up, kind of like what we said about 2020 and COVID. It had to take something so dire that's killed a lot of people, a lot of women. And now people are waking up and being like, Oh, well, we got to get a task force to this. What are we going to do? Yeah, task force is great and all, but that's not changing the issue. You're not changing what's really happening because we still have medical students who think that Black people don't experience pain or don't, ex or don't experience pain as much as white people. Like, until we get that aligned, you know, we're going to, again, we keep going in the same cycle. It's the same thing. Yeah, yeah and I think it, it goes back to sort of you, you pinpoint it back to Sims. Like it started there and it continued. It continued mm -hmm. on that same thinking, particularly around obviously white people, because I know that Mexicans and Venezuelans and others experience pain. I know black people experience pain because that's the truth. Like right. that's never been like there's never someone where like, oh, they don't really feel pain or they have differently like that's never crossed my mind to think that nobody experiences right. the same pain or anything and it's like but with white people again it's that disconnect they don't it's so ingrained so ingrained with them ingrained because they've been it's been since our country started since slavery was brought into this country really mm -hmm. since slavery was brought in yet black people being brought african people were brought to this you know country that that's where it began. You had to dehumanize the individual in order to do, to enslave them. Like you just had to just take all humanity away in order to, to do that. And I think that's, you have those rem remnants of it to today, to the modern day, because it's, it's so ingrained. It's so ingrained. Yeah. It's in, and it's not acknowledged by the white Mm -mm. it's acknowledged when they acknowledge like when they want to finally acknowledge it like yeah. oh my goodness this is when it's time for them to acknowledge it when right. they, it's time for them to acknowledge it when it's time for them to like whoever them is like whatever it is whatever, like, the, yeah, whatever the issue is you know like it's like oh, okay okay now we can we can acknowledge it or now we can try to make it right whatever that means yeah whatever that means and, you, you know, know and it's and it's it's just it's ingrained like you like I know I've had conversation with white people where they just they can't grasp the concept of white privilege that's so yeah and it's like I sometimes I give up and I'm like nah I'm, I'm tired right but I think it because these things are so ingrained into their their world because I I, I feel sometimes that a lot of white people particularly in this country 
live in a very different world. Oh, right? absolutely, they do. Absolutely, like, they're in a different universe. Absolutely, amen, amen. And they don't realize that. I, I, well, you know what? They might realize that, but they don't want to be aware of that because I think white people they want to keep operating the way they are because for them their life is going just fine. You know, for all intents and purposes, it's not everybody, but their lives are going just fine. So they don't have to be aware of anybody else. But you and I are so aware because we live this life. We were born and, you know, you were born Mexican. I was born black. Like I was born in the South. You born in Chicago and you know, on the South side. So it's like, we can't help it because this is the life that we lead. You know, they don't, they don't have to live that life. And I think for them, Again, that's always so interesting to me, the white people who don't recognize their own privilege. Yeah. Because they have the privilege to not have to recognize it. <laughs> and, and, and it's because I think um, white society, white American society has done such a good job of equating privilege to money mm -hmm. that it's like, well, you have white people who are like, well, I didn't have money growing up. I didn't have this girl. I was like, your white privilege has nothing to do with money. Mm -mm. If you are white and poor in this country, you still have white privilege. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and it goes to like, if you are a white male and you go into a doctor's office, sticking to sort of the topic of our today's episode, you're most like, your, your pain is going to be believed they're going to run the tests that they need to run. They're going to do whatever they can to ensure that your pain, whatever is causing your ailment is going to be found. Now, if you are a woman, particularly if you're a woman of color and you go into it, they're going to chalk it up to like, well, maybe you're stressed. Maybe, yeah. maybe you guy just changed your diet, you know, has something changed, like all these, like all these things are going to be asked of you before they won't even, they probably won't even like run a test. And if they do, they're going to run just your basic blood work. Mm -hmm. They're like, we're going to run your basic blood work, see what's easy, if there's anything off and that's it. And, and you know, and then you, because, and then if you are a white woman, you're more likely they're they're probably going to do some extra tests for you. They're probably going to believe you a lot more quickly about your pain or what's happening. They're going to do like, and that's a privilege. Yep, that's a privilege that you're not going. They're not going to assume something about you. They're not going to be like, well, it's your diet because you know you're you're Latina. You're probably eating all these like tacos or you're mexicans and mm -hmm. all latinos eat tacos so i'm not gonna say that but like you're mexican some white people do though some white people do. and you're eating fried this or you're eating like you're eating tortillas all the time like all these things that maybe contribute to you, you you feeling this way or you're stressed or whatever like all these things that they these notions of what they think might be contributing to whatever they whatever they eat. but they'll they'll never sit down and be like oh my god what can we do to just make it better because i've been there where yeah. it's like, and I think then you add in that I'm a, flat, a fat Latina coming in here, and now everything is just my weight. Like everything, everything's about the weight. Everything's about your weight. Like, well, you know, my knee hurts, and they're like, well, maybe you should consider losing some weight. Lose some weight because you got too much on you. you I was like, okay, but what am I gonna do about the pain? What like, about the pain, though? Like you know, I, I, I'm not gonna lose. You know, oh, I have a complete tangent. I, I have a complete tangent. But Let's go. Okay, Let's you're go talking it. about 
and okay, y'all, and, and we're gonna wrap it up in a bit because I think we were up about we about two out of time. But I just gotta say this, this tangent. So you're talking about the pain in your in your knee if you came in for an example. And the thing is, if this is a white person, particularly a white male, he would get the medicine. He probably would get those oxys or get whatever these high potent oxy uh, oh, opioids. Whatever. Yeah, these these high powered drugs. And you know, the thing that really pisses me off about this, because white people have gotten access to these sort of drugs, it's now a crisis. Like we have an opioid crisis. But when this was affecting black people or brown folks, because when we, I mean, of course, we had the crack epidemic in the 80s. When that was killing black people left and right, we don't care. But we got opioids that are killing housewives white housewives and white men it's a oh god it's a whole epidemic we gotta find a way to stop it why all of a sudden opioids were okay to kill everybody else so because it's killing white people now we gotta find a way to regulate pain killers when they actually people who really do need it who can't get it now because white people have decided they want to overdose on it and die from it that was my tangent but that pissed me off because I know because there's now, I think there's a show or a movie or something that's on Hulu. I can't think of the name of it. And it's about the opioid epidemic. Mm-hmm. And who are they focusing on? <laughs> they're focusing on how it's affecting white people. Yeah. But they're not the only fucking ones, you know? And it's just, it's just kind of what, what you were saying about that, how it's so difficult for people of color to just get the simple medical attention that they need at times because they think, oh, you're going to miss, you know, you're going to misuse something. You're gonna overdose on something, or, or like you said, oh, well, you're fine. You know, maybe, maybe you should lose weight. Maybe you should, you know, do this or something to be less stressed. No, not necessarily. No, not, not really. No. And so I just, I just had to throw that in because that particularly is getting on my nerves. That has been getting on my nerves. I don't even, I don't even think that's much of a tangent because I think it, it just goes to show the the biases right and the disparities that continue to exist to this day like you like you said like it isn't until it starts impacting white people that then it garners attention mm-hmm. then it, it garners like we got to look into it because i'm fairly sure that i heard uh, i'll probably listen to npr or something and they were talking about how the manufacturers of the, the opioids and all that were being sued and they were being held accountable but it only they only that only came up to be because you ended up having white people having this epidemic being being impacted and i yep. think that's the reality of the health disparities and how race plays a role in it and how the biases play a role because you know when you are anything other than white in this country unfortunately you are thought of as less than yep. you are thought of as someone who you know is he like you said like you're a crack addict you're gonna you know or you know you you're eating bad all the time like i i don't understand why our our food is seen as unhealthy mm-hmm. and unseasoned food it is unseasoned. Listen, I ain't trying to make I'm sorry, y'all, but it's just, it's not seasoned properly. It's not, and don't get me wrong. Listen, sometimes I just like a boiled egg with salt and pepper. There's nothing wrong. There's salt and pepper has its moment. 
but I'm sorry. So the most part, I do like my food, but a little bit more than salt and pepper. <laughs> okay? And do yes. Now we'll say, now should you be eating three or four slices of pecan pie? If you want to do it, that's your business. But if you're going to do it, you probably need to be more active. But that does not mean that that's necessarily bad for you because it's a pecan pie, you know? And that's something that Black people like to eat. Well, you don't need to eat this, that. Don't base your medical diagnoses or anything off of what you think you know of what a person is eating yeah because for all you know i might be eating salads grilled chicken all these and i'm still there's something wrong with me that's not allowing me to lose weight and because you can't see past that you can't see past my skin color whatever my name is whatever you, whatever triggers you to think mm-hmm. that i am anything other than white you can't see past it so you're just gonna assume something and it's like i said to do my diet maybe i'm working out three days a week mm-hmm. and all these things and, and there are people who don't get diagnosed correctly for so long because doctors don't believe them or f- make assumptions of what they're doing and don't run the proper tests don't do it you know, and I think it's it's so unfortunate because you have these ideas of what our diets are and what, or what they're not and how, you know, the American diet, you know, of healthy, healthy diet mm-hmm. is salads and these things. And it's like, it's not that like, let's decolonize all of that because no, that ain't it for me. Like, there's a good book out there called decolonize our diet as a a really good friend of mine recommended for me and I think it focused around Latin American cuisine and I may be wrong about that but it tells you how how to eat food and like how to interpret the food that you're eating I've not read it but it's on my list but it's a good one I'm gonna look into that yeah I think there's there's so much about the, the history obviously colonization what that did to to you know to our our countries here in in North and in South America and and then the impact of what you know the slavery and all that like all of that has impacted just you know health in in, in general um, and and what we know about it and yeah I, I definitely think in the future talking about just food and how you know ethnic or cultural yeah like how it's healthy or not healthy um it's it's such an important conversation to have because um because of what why america believes to be healthy or what america has deemed healthy um isn't isn't the end all to be all right like that's not that's not it you know it's not the only way and there's there are healthy foods in all of our cultures like we all yeah like all of it is healthy and can be healthy i was gonna say even i know nutritionists now they are trying to get away from that from that term healthy and unhealthy because you know it has a negative connotation to it if you talk about certain foods it's negative um and yeah like maybe eating a whole bag of chips you probably shouldn't do that in one sitting don't mean you can't have chips. You know, why is that a negative food? And it's the way people have 
put labels on what's negative and what's not negative. And the thing is about, I always say it's like eating things in moderation. You can eat whatever you want. I remember Tyra Banks said this. <laughs> years ago I remember because of course she's like one of the first you know well she's a very you know well-known black supermodel and she's built differently because she is a black woman and she was always saying you're like you can eat whatever you want in moderation there's nothing wrong with that and I think people just have this thing where you can't eat that and you can't eat this because you're gonna you know do whatever and so I just think, yeah, I think that could be something that we could do a, a, a series on, or if people are interested and want to know more about that, of course, comment and let us know. So, yeah. but yeah, I think this is just a great spot to kind of uh, start wrapping up and and sort of closing out. But I think just in general, for me, you know, thinking about you know today's conversation around like you know, health history and the historical, or like the history of where it began and how it still continues to impact today or how it's still in our systems today. I think it's, it's, it's sad. It, it's frustrating. Um, it's maddening as a woman of color to go to, to a doctor and, and know that there may be these preconceived notions mm -hmm. uh, of, of, of what they think about me, you know, and particularly because there isn't a lot of doctors that look like me um, that I might go see, yeah. especially when you start getting into specialists, right? Yes. You start getting into the specialist area. Maybe maybe you're going to your, your primary care doctor, you might find a few uh, more that look like you, but when you start getting into, you know, specialties, you don't always find, um, you know, the cardiologists and all these others that, that, that can treat you or understand you culturally and you know, and sort of treat you in that way. But I think it's just uh, a conversation that I think we'll continue to have. I think we'll continue to have it. We'll still, uh, until we break down those systems, we'll just continue that. But I'll kind of let you also share your kind of final thoughts about today's conversation. No, I think this is definitely like the beginning parts of conversations. And I think, you know, we've uh, tried to talk about a lot of stuff in this in this series you know and uh coming up next week we're going to be doing uh, a whole wrap-up of you know kind of the entire series but obviously as we mentioned you know there's so much more to this you know we've spent i know a lot of this episode talking about you know women in healthcare, and it's also something that we're interested in continuing having another series or discussion around um women in healthcare, whether it's, you know, it's women of color who are physicians or women of color who are nurses who are in administrative, talking more about the maternal child health elements and how that affects women of color and so much more. And so I think, again, I, I just want to say we, you know, we are shattering the veil here, but there's so much more to shatter. There's a lot more conversations that we need to have because a lot, you know, there's a lot of systems that needs an, an entire overhaul and people are afraid of that because they don't know what's going to take the place of that. But there are things, a lot of good things that could take the place and where we need to be more inclusive, where we have not been traditionally in these areas. Um, and so really, I would say just kind of stay tuned. You know, uh, we always try to have a, a good time on here. We talk about a lot of serious stuff, but, you know, we always try to bring some, some sort of levity to it. Uh, and we want you all to be a part of the conversation. So please comment, reach out to us on Instagram, you know, post, ask questions, DM us you know, uh, give us recommendations of what you want to hear, maybe books or articles, things that we could read. 
Um, we're always open to that. You know, just please be respectful. That's all we say. Um, but on that, I think uh, we can wrap this on up. And, and until next time, um, you all have a good evening, good day, wherever you're at. So talk to y'all later. <laughs>